Welcome everybody to Who's Your Band 2024 edition. Happy New Year, folks. Happy New Year, Sean Morton. Happy New Year, Jeffrey. I'm so blessed that I got to see you in the new year already. You did. Um, we got to go see Zach Sabbath. I mean, you've been to Starland a few times. I've probably been there a couple hundred times. I don't ever remember seeing it that packed. It was a sold out show. And then I put two and two together and realized the reason why it was so packed is because Zach Wilde's fans are not small people. They're not that, small people. They are some big, monstrous people. They are. I got to tell you, though, they say okay, I'm not ruining it for anybody by saying, like, you know, they, they open up with Supernaut. And as soon as you hear the first vocal that comes out of his mouth, Man, he sounds great. I mean, he's he really did a great album. He, he does uh he does a very good mixture of his actual voice with a little bit of an Ozzy impersonation. Yeah, I mean that one. I thought I thought the first three songs out of the box were excellent. It was a good show yeah. all around. Definitely a good show all around. Um way too many guitar solos as we we talked about, you know, 14 songs in a two-hour set. <laughs> but uh, you cut out three minutes of guitar solos in each song. You can do five more songs, you know. But so. and they, they went long, but it was it was still fun to see. Just great hearing those songs. So that was you know a lot of excitement. It was good to see, like you know metal fans at at a show and you know, seeing live music instead of like paying. The computer or a laptop. No, it was, you know? it was definitely chill. It was definitely a, a good show to check out. De definitely a good show for the first show of the year. Yeah, it was a good. It was a good way to start the year. So we wish everybody a happy new year. And we got our first concert under belts for the year, and it's going to be a good one. And speaking of good one, we have an interesting one uh, today. And today we're doing this with no guest because uh, we want to do a top five list of nirvana and yeah. yeah and the other thing about nirvana i am not the biggest nirvana fan uh i i i've seen them a couple of times uh i them more uh back in the day like you know when they were you know in the 90s than i do now i don't know how much all their songs aged mm -hmm. um but we got we put this out on uh social media and we got a lot of feedback on it and then you know nirvana fans i think are very very passionate about yeah they are uh, i mean and you'll, you'll also see that it's a lot of people who are definitely in my age demo like i'm 47 so you're looking at people who are between 45 and 49 are really going to have a lot to say about nirvana i think, no, I don't, I think I don't, get a little younger or a little older you might you might uh have different opinions on it now is, somebody asked me this uh just before we were going on um is nirvana in the rock and roll hall of fame oh yeah i was at the induction okay they are that's right um and so they asked me if and if they are do i think they deserve to be and i, I gotta say if nirvana is in the rock and roll hall it is beyond the travesty that's uh, Iron Maiden. Oh, God, can we stop with this? Uh, we have like 152 no. episodes, and this comes up like every fucking six episodes. Well, here's the reason why. Okay, so we're, do we're doing a top five of Nirvana. Um, Nirvana had three studio albums. Three. Okay, and a, and a good live album, uh, where a lot of the songs are covers. So how are four, they? Four studio albums. Four studio albums. Well, I got I got Bleach. I got uh, 
in utero and never mind and intesticide too which is awful album okay not awful okay so three three four studio albums i mean it's the same argument with guns and roses not a lot of material uh to really choose from here i Um, agree with that actually see i disagree with it because i think two of the records are pretty much flawless records but continue okay so i kind of think that while they're an impactful band i don't know i guess you know you have to you, you put them in the rock and roll of fame but let me tell you i don't think they are a mount rushmore band by any means and for me i don't think they really aged as well like i think foo fighters has has, oh, has a lot more an elaborate that's the catalog. Then they are the influential five. band, but the Foo Fighters are without a question a, the better band out of the two. It's just uh, it's not always about record sales. It's not always about longevity. You look at the Sex Pistols put out one record. And they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and they are considered one of the game changers of the punk revolution, too. Nirvana, no matter what you want to say about it, they completely changed the landscape of music. I think when you talk about that era of music. Uh, and you look at Nirvana, you look at uh, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains. They're, um, the, they're the worst of the four as far as musically goes, but they're the biggest of the four. Yeah, they're the biggest. I think I think Pearl Jam is better. I I think Soundgarden. I, yeah, you're right. I, I probably think they are the least of the four. Yeah, and then they were my fa- they were one of my favorite bands for a very very long time. I, I mean, again, I was probably 14 when. Never mind, broke out. So that was you're talking about a kid who was strictly about hair metal and and you know Guns and Roses and Poison and Warren and Skid Row and all this stuff, and then this comes along and it's the complete antithesis of what I was listening to. And that's another thing. Um, again, I was going back and forth with uh, my friend Dave uh, on this today. Is like when they first came out, they were different, and it was exciting to see. But you. It was taken away from metal, and grunge wasn't the same scene as like. I think Nikki Six said something this week that I thought was kind of right when he kind of I don't know if he said it this week, but I saw the article this week when he said like bands like Poison and Warrant uh, kind of ruined that scene by being copycat bands by making the same music that everybody was making over and over again. You know, every you know it was very hard sometimes to tell the difference between who was in L.A. Guns, who was in Fast and Pussycat, who was in any any of the hair uh, metal bands. Um, and then all of a sudden, these guys come out, and they're the first ones on the scene, okay, that, that you know, becomes, like, nationwide, that becomes mainstream, that becomes MTV. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're wearing flannel, and they don't have the big hair. And, and it, it was just different. And it was like, okay, a breath of fresh air. And the thing is, this, this scene killed metal so fast when i when i say fast like priest was playing places like the Meadowlands, and they were playing mass and square garden with a good support band but they were playing and it wasn't a papered room and within six seven months they were playing from mass and square garden to playing maybe a six thousand seat uh palladium and getting smaller really yeah so i mean that's how fast this whole scene changed yeah, I mean, but you got to remember too, it was uh, it was pretty much a dying scene. It really was a dying scene because the rock bands that were considered hair metal are kind of 
the bands that are still around when you really look at it. You have bands like Tesla and Cinderella and, you know, even, you know, there's, there's a ton of others, but like uh, that scene, great white, great white, like these were rock bands that really got kind of lumped into it. I, I think there was a, it was a needed change. I think it was a needed change. I think if you listen to a lot of the music of the music historians, if you look at Ricky, Ricky Mackman, he, uh, he flat out said that hair metal was dead. And this is, this was the absolute kick in the balls that music needed. And this is a guy who was hosting headbangers ball. Right. Nirvana on. The, the other thing was, is like the metal scene had like the chicks where right. the grunge scene, you really didn't have that. Yeah, it was more about the depression and, and oh, let's just sit around and pretend about how, how horrible our lives are. Let's paint our band black and yeah, it's all that bullshit. But well, let's let's get into this list. Yeah, okay. let's go. my list is my list was hard to put together. Let me tell you, because again, I do um I don't Nirvana is one of those bands where I don't just pick a song. Like I'll either take in utero or nevermind or the unplugged. And I just started at track one and I just play it straight through. See, I have a feeling all this are going to be very, very different. I think you're going to be a lot more deeper than I am. Nope. I'm not at all. I'm not right. at all. So I'm going to start it. Good. Go uh, number five. five. My number five is something that you would not think I'm putting at number five, but I put Smells Like Teen Spirit as a number five. I cannot put it at number one because it's not their best song. It is their most important song. It is quite possibly... And I'm going to say this and, and go on record and say this. I think it is one of the most influential songs of all time. I think it's one of the most important musical songs of all time. I put it up with something like Imagine by John Lennon. This was a game changing song. And it, how was it? How was Imagine game changer compared? No, to I just mean like in a timeless sort of way. I mean, like it's it's one of those songs that, you know, everybody has heard. Everybody knows there's a beautiful story behind. It. Like it's, it's a good song. But I really think that there's very few songs that come along in a lifetime that are a game changer. You really can't. I mean, can you name three game changing songs off the top of your head that defined a generation, a revolution, a genre, everything? I think this is one of them. I mean, I think of a song like Billie Jean, how that, you know. Okay, and, that's you know, fine. With, I mean, Rapper's Delight. You know, rap is like another really, like that, really good like one. That. Either but, rap is delight or the what the blondie one. one uh, the, the, you know the one that she's rapping in. Oh, rapture, uh, rapture. rapture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I understand it, but yeah, I mean, you're looking at like the the, the message, you know, by Grandmaster Flash. What is it, Grandmaster Flash? I think. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, just that kind of that's the kind of. uh level i put that song on i can remember the first time i heard it i remember being on my couch and putting on mtv and hearing it for the first time and just having my head just go uh you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna piggyback on it because my number five is also smells like spirit and no shit. no and it was because that like you said it was the first time you ever heard from them one of the things about this song is from influences that are that are put into it. Um, you know, Butch Vig from uh Garbage, yep. you know, was the producer of this. Oh, yeah. And okay, and Butch Vig is 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 a great studio musician and great producer, and has his own band. Yeah. Um, and he was kind of pushing Kirk to write something 
that would really kick off this this album, which would be somewhat commercial. Kirk was a big fan of the Pixies, mm-hmm. and he wrote this in the, in the he was trying to write this in the style of a Pixie song. Um, the drum beat we talked about this the other night um, is the Gap Band uh, uh, sound. You know that, yep. that 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 double drum, drum, right? Yeah. Um, you, you and when you go back and hear, you're like, how did I not ever catch that? And you went back and watched that interview with uh, Pharrell Williams with Dave Grohl, and it's just amazing. Um, the, another thing that also stood out about this song is the the riff uh, of "Smells Like Teen Spirit." It's not exactly mm-hmm. like, but it is does have the same structure as Boston's "More Than a Feeling." Okay. It's the same chords, that's why it just played differently. But again, they're bar chords. So if you as a guitar player, you you don't you don't understand this, but it's a bar chord. So basically, I played a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you can do a little comedy too. There's um, bar chords are very simple because you could play any rock, any rock band, any punk band. You could form one if you know how to play a bar chord. You just got to shift it up and down the fretboard. Every Ramon song, ACDC, fucking Green Day, all these bands made careers that are just playing bar chords. That's all it is. Yeah, well, what's, what's the song? Zombie by the um, by the Cranberries and Disarmed by uh, Smashing Pumpkins is almost the identical There's, song. Dude, there are so many that are right. identical. It's just because of the same chords, just different structure. But also with Smells Like Teen Spirit, you know, it had all these different elements in it, but also it had a vocal that was really hard to understand. Like, you couldn't really sing along with this song. Oh, you could. I don't know. I mean, all you knew was basically the, the you know, the uh, hey, way. That's all you do. Okay? Do it a little louder. I, I didn't pick it up. I think um, your microphone was turned I'm gonna, down. I'm, on that note, I'm moving on to number four. <laughs> number four for me, uh, me personally, uh, when I think of uh, Nirvana, In Utero is my favorite record by far. It's one of my top five of all time. I think it's one of those perfect records. Like I've mentioned on the show before, there's a very few number of perfect records, in my opinion. That's one of them. So I had a, I picked two songs off the album, but this is the first one. I picked Penny Royalty. I don't know if you're... You, 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 you say that like you're expecting some type of revolution. Good. So go on. Why did you pick that song? Oh, I didn't know if you knew the song or not. Yeah, I've got, I know Nirvana. I've seen that. All right. Shut up. <laughs> so Penny Royalty, I think there's... um, It's, again, it's a great riff. Uh, it It's... Nirvana was known for either going really, really fast, kind of slow, kind of brooding, uh, kind of heavy, kind of, kind of, you know, melodramatic a little bit. This had all the aspects of it for me. Uh, and lyrically, it's a fucked up song when you think about it, because it's kind of about this uh, uh, abortion tea that was very popular. I think it was in Japan. I'm, I'm not 100% sure where it was from, but it was an actual tea that would induce abortion. So if you think of the lyrics sitting and drinking penny royal tea steal the light that's inside of me that's what it's about kind of dark but uh I think on you know, a little bit but on that record I, th- I think it's one of my top my my second favorite song on that record see for me i went number four uh in bloom um also off of Nevermind. um i i for me it, it's a catchy song i like the back and forth between the quiet verses and the loud uh choruses um also, the, it didn't hurt that it had a great uh, video to go along with. It kind of reminded me in the style of Weezer's um, uh, Buddy Holly. You know, it was done in black and white. And it was supposed to be kind of like a retro type of thing, even though it was mm-hmm. the most modern thing at the time. So I, I don't have too much more to add on it. But for me, my number four song was uh, In Bloom. So for me, uh, number three 
and I, I was on the fence with this and I kind of went against like what my, what I thought number three should be. And then what I believe should be on there. That makes sense. Not really my personal pick, but I went with come as you are by, uh, often nevermind. I thought it was, uh, very, very hard to pick a song to follow teen spirit as the second single off of that, considering they, they took a rocket ship to their ass after teen spirit. And that was a solid, solid second single off of that. And, uh, it's a great live track too. It's an absolute great live track. And I think when you when you think now of classic rock, if you talk about Nirvana, this song comes up. So that's why I put that at number three. I was tossing that one around a little bit too, but um, I went with a cover for the third one. And it, you know, with, with Nirvana, I think uh, with a couple of the covers that they did, uh, they made the covers their own. Okay. Um, and I picked the Meek cover, uh, Puppets uh, version, you know, cover of Lake of Fire. Um, great, great, great version. Yeah, I think Kurt's vocal uh, on the MTV Unplugged was perfection. Um, I just think it really, it, the, the it's a great song to begin with. The Meek Puppets do a great song version oh, yeah. of it, but in my opinion, this surpasses it. it. It's a solid, solid song. It really is. Um. Where are we at? The number number two already. We're at, we're at number two, and then we then we're gonna get in, a little bit into uh, what some, some of the, the listeners yeah. lists. Yeah. yeah. All right. So number two. Um, this is if if my number one wasn't one of the greatest things ever done, this would have been my number one. But I went with Heart Shaped Box off of In Utero. Dark, creepy video, heavy as fuck. First single off of In Utero. Another one of those songs you can actually sing along with too, which is not really a thing you would think of when you're talking about Nirvana as a sing along, but uh, just a powerful, powerful song. And again, for me, if I had to pick between Nevermind and In Utero, I take In Utero every day of the week over Nevermind. Any song, any song versus any song, I'm I'm going to pick anything off of In Utero before Nevermind. I like In Utero also. I think his his songwriting also kind of steps up a notch in in the. On on this is their it would be, it would have been the, what that third album right, um, right. I I also for the, my second pick was also heart shaped box. Um, the the interesting thing about this song was he wrote the song in his apartment, and when he was doing coming up with the riff of the song, um, Courtney Love actually wanted it. Uh, she wanted it for her own band, and when he would practice it and go over it they had this big walk-in closet and he would practice in the closet and he would basically tell her to go fuck off, you know, because he was keeping it for Nevada. Um, it's, it's off. This is their last studio uh, album. And it also has one of the great lyrics. Um, I wish I can eat your cancer when you turn black. Um, that's, that's some, that's some next level love bullshit. That's well, like, it's not, it, it, it's about, the song is about kids cancer, kids yeah. with cancer. Um, but Courtney Love used to joke that the song was about her vagina. That's what a heart shaped box was, but that's yeah. but that's not what it was about. Her was was you know he would stay up and watch all these like crazy uh, um, infomercials on TV, and when he saw something about this, that's what he was writing about a heart shaped box. I told you that Kurt came to me one time, right after he yeah. died. 
didn't mean he came to you. What does that mean? Uh, well, because do you remember the cover of the Rolling Stone that was when, when he died? It was that 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 brooding black and white picture of right. him tearing away. So I had that like uh, on my wall in my room at the time, and uh, I may have been partaking in uh, in a substance or two. And uh, I was listening to Nirvana. I was sad and morose. And then the picture started talking to me, and it said, "She killed me." So I fully believe that uh, Kurt Cobain came to me one night after, uh, you know, probably a little bit of marijuana and uh, probably some whippets. And there could have been some uh, alcohol involved in that, too. Did you have black fingernails? Did you paint your fingernails? No. Once I did. I did once for an OzFest. I think it was the OzFest 97 that had typo negative and Marilyn no, Manson. Fucking Mo. You I think are... I did it once. Oh, God. Did, did, tell me you had mascara. No, 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 no. Okay. No, I did I did the black nail polish one time, I think, because I was trying to just to fit in, man. Man. Adam, did you ever go with the black nail polish and mascara look? <clears throat> Never. That's why he's not on camera now, because he's taking it off. Right. <laughs> did you ever dress like in a pirate uniform like Adam Ant? No. <laughs> We're gonna get. We're gonna get to the bottom of Adam's thing. We're gonna find out what it is. I don't know what it is yet. It it, it could be dresses. It could very well be dresses. Um, I don't know. I don't know yet. But there's definitely a dark side to Adam. We don't know it yet. <laughs> Adam has a side. He Adam definitely has, a, has side. a side. I don't know if it's like. It's definitely not like anything bad. Like, um, it kind of reminds me of Johnny Cakes a little bit from The Sopranos when you think about it. You know, just like that. That. Wait, you, what are you? What are you insinuating about that? Oh, I'm not insinuating anything. I'm just saying, like, you know, it's kind of like <laughs> Johnny that. Cakes. Well, you Adam, know, do you hear what he's saying? I, I, I mean, was probably one of the worst episodes of The Sopranos. Also, well, oh, it was listen. a great one. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Jeff does like the ones where there's a lot of gay insinuation right. too. <laughs> great. So, I, lo I love gay mafioso movies. <laughs> Must be Irishman. Anyway, I have a very, very specific genre of movie that I like. Yeah. Well, he's yeah, watching yeah. the same one over and over again. Uh, okay, so go with your number one, Sean. My number one, to me, there is there is no question in my mind what number one is. It is a cover song. It is one of the greatest things ever recorded. It's the by far the greatest performance ever on MTV Unplugged. And I went with their version of Where Did You Sleep Last Night. Oh, wow. So I thought you were going in a different direction. Yeah. Nope. This is, and I will argue this point to the day I die, this is the greatest performance ever recorded on MTV Unplugged. It is such, I don't even know if you know the story behind this, Jeff. That oh, was that is the last song on the record. But did you know that it was not supposed to be the last song on the record, on the performance? Yes, I do. I know what the last song was supposed to be. It was supposed to be Smells Like Teen that, Spirit. That's right. And they did that, and they went off stage, and they were ready to go back on. And then the producer said, nope, you're not doing Teen Spirit because nothing is ever going to top that. And I think that was one of the smartest decisions that was made in music because it would just became another song. But because that was the final track on that live recording, uh, just to hear him, I mean, he's singing from his fucking toes. Like, it is coming from the bottom of his soul when he is screaming that song. And it's nothing like the Lead Belly version at all. It's a completely different, completely, completely different song. But for me, nothing compares to that. I think that I could still hear that song now and still get chills on my spine the same way I did I heard it 30 years ago. 
I think Nirvana did take they they did do a lot of covers. And, seven covers on that record. Right. But they do make them uniquely their own. They put their you know their it it is their own sound, it is their own style. And sometimes you think, hey, they did they write this song? You don't you don't really believe it's a cover. Yeah. Um my number one song is I, I'm gonna use a term that's gonna annoy you, Sean. Most things you do annoy me. I know, but this one this one I more than than other things I do to annoy you. This is a provocative song. Does it make you think? No, ma'am. It, you know, I I think what it did was it exposed it exposed the poses in society who do, who don't listen who don't listen, okay. But you got to hear, and you and the song that I picked was the anti-rape song, "Rape Me." Okay, yeah, great song. It is a great song, and it wasn't allowed to be on MTV, and it wasn't allowed. To, they did play it no, on uh, Saturday Night Live. They fucked okay? it too. They 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 rehearsed another song, and they just went right into that song. But they want, but they uh, wanted to do it on MTV, and MTV, the 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 the, the cunts that they are, wouldn't allow them to do it. And this is a fucking music. Is supposed to have edge, and they wouldn't let him do it. And and it wasn't a song that advocated rape. It was a song that was against rape. Um, it's I when I the, the what I had always thought, and I don't know if maybe Adam, if you know the story, or maybe Sean, you do. Um, I had always thought the song was about uh, the record company and big business um, raping. Uh, the band raping artists. That's what I had always believed that the song was about. Did you ever hear anything like that? No, not at all. Not at all. I just, I really just thought it was like, uh, you know, I, I knew it was an anti-rape song, obviously, but I, I never heard any kind of story. Yeah, but, but one thing I knew that it wasn't a song that was advocating rape. I, you know, I don't, I don't think they would write, a, would have wrote a song about that. Um, knowing like, especially this is off of, uh, in utero. Well, um, you gotta remember too, like a lot of people are just dumb. A lot of people are just really stupid. I remember a story about Rob Thomas, Matchbox 20. He was talking to a fan and the guy was like, yo, man, I can't believe he wrote that song. I always, that shit's, that shit's fantastic, man. I mean, I beat the shit out of my girl too. <laughs> and, and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This has nothing to do with that. And like I, the story was, he actually gave the guy 20 bucks to give him his money back for the ticket and told him never to buy a ticket to a show again. That's very cool. Well, how about the people gave uh, Eminem shit about Stan? Horror story. It's a horror story in music. There's horror stories in, in movies. There are horror novels. It's, it's it's You're exactly right. People just have to be offended by something all the time. That's all it comes down to. It does. All right. So we have some interesting. Uh, yeah, let's hear here. it. Uh, okay. So Jesse Gambino writes um, something in the way. Hot shaped box. Neither one of us had lithium. And then his number one was smells yeah, like okay, team spirit. Right. <laughs> That's Jesse Gambino. Uh Dave Nidal, who is a big fan of ours, uh, wrote, Where did you sleep last night? Mm -hmm. Uh all apologies. Lithium, uh, Lake of Fire, Hot Shaped Box. Uh okay. Nikki uh Salvatore, uh, Hot Shaped Box or Dive. He couldn't he couldn't pick uh either one. School, scrappy. Uh, or is it sappy? Sappy, sappy. Come as you are, and then he says, "No, no matter. It's 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 undeniable. Now, what matter how often it's played? It smells like teen spirit." Um, your boy Kevin Goatee had. I thought he had a very interesting deep list. 
Where'd you sleep last night? Greed, Lake of Fire, Plateau, and Sentinel's uh, Apprentice. Sentinel's Apprentice is a great song too. Great, yeah. great. I thought you know, so coming from him, I thought that was a kind of you know, well done. Because he's my age too. He's close to my age, so he 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 gets it a little better. Okay, uh, Roy Mackey, who has chimed in here before, uh, gave us Lounge Act, Molly's okay. Kiss. All apologies. Molly, Molly lips. He wrote Molly's kiss. Oh, well, I can't fucking like this song if you can't get it right, dumbass. <laughs> All apologies. Come as you are and drain you. Drain you is a good song too, but again, it's uh, I don't know. I'm, I just for me, yeah. Never mind was like the the breakthrough, but nothing beats in utero. I'll put anything on in utero against anything on up against. Never mind. Uh, Rolf Yubilov, but stay away. Territorial Pissings, first first Great checking on that. fucking song, man. On a Plane, Smells Like Teen Spirit, In Bloom. Cindy Westmore, Lithium, About a Girl, Come As You Are, Smells Like Teen Spirit, In Bloom. Kind of similar, almost like my list. A lot, of the, a lot of them are the same, you know? Well, they don't have a lot of songs. Um, James Mack, uh, Where'd You Sleep Last Night? Rape Me. I figured there'd be more rape me on here. Uh, about a girl smells like Teen Spirit. Polly. Um, let me tell you, I've given this song Polly a chance a million times. I don't think it's a good song. I don't like it either. To be honest, it's not my favorite. It's not. A, yeah. Uh, Nicholas Ferraro. All apologies. In bloom. Something in the way. Is that the first time someone's uh, put that in? Yeah, not a great song either. Okay. Hot shit box comes you are. Uh, Michael Ferreri, five times hard shaped box. I guess he must really like it. Um, Vinny Guerreri, where'd you sleep last night? Lake of Fire, Breed, something in the way, lithium. Phil Donato, dumb, five times. Um, past guest, past guest, Daniel McRitchie. Interesting list. Okay. He goes kind of deep here. Radio friendly unit shifter. Good song. Uh, serve the servants. Okay, One of my lines ever written. Teenage angst has paid off well. Now I'm bored and old. Territorial pissings, drain you and lithium. I think, and, I think he just likes lithium because he's actually on lithium. Okay, and then Joseph Peter says, "One, we should do one for whole." No, um, and then he picks poly lithium. The Man Who Sold the World. That's another direction I thought you were going in, Sean. Love okay? that person. Yeah. Uh, he know, he says he knows it's Bowie, but he likes their rendition better. I think he's probably right on that, too. And that's, Oh, I agree with that. And that's saying something. Uh, Come As You Are smells like teen spirit. And he said he forgot all apologies, but this is a top five list, not a top six. Uh, Stuart. Stuart put down Rate Me. Dumb. I don't like that song. You like it? Dumb. Um, well, if, I would I would love for you to pull up the lyrics of Dumb and just keep reading the last part of it, if you can. Or I can uh, read them to you, but you what? can read them back to me, where he just keeps going, I think I'm dumb. So if you can just repeat that and just keep saying it over and over again, I get the soundbite that I want. Number three picks, I'm on a plane, Penny Royal T. And Polly, well, I, I just leave his shit out there. Um, and James Alexander, um, on a plane, 
Smells like Teen Spirit, Sappy, Heart Shaped Box, and Lounge Act. You know, Sappy and Happy are the same song that just changed the words, right? No. Yep, two songs. Okay, it's good for them. Um, I got to say, I go back and I listen to these songs. And I said this at the start of the show. I don't think it holds up all that great. I think I, you're right. I think you're right. I think at the time it's what the it's what the music generation needed. It needed that face of the of the of the band. Like it, it needed that band to like no right. You're not gonna you're not gonna like when I say this, but there wasn't a lot of metal bands that carried that torch. So like you had artists that were just monstrous. Like I mean, you can go with Elvis, you go with the Beatles. You go with um, probably Michael Jackson, and then you go like Nirvana. Like there's not a lot of just generational talents that were out there. They just came at the right place at the right time. With the- that, I agree with. That I agree with. I think. I think with them it was timing. And then I think it became marketing with them. And then and then just like heavy, like the the hair metal bands everybody wanted to get into the grunge scene movies remember that movie singles was a big thing and then eddie vetter became like the heartthrob of 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 the scene kind of like brett michaels was and then that got kind of played too yep then it went into the new metal stuff when they were like oh okay grunge is dead so now we're going to come out with the seven string guitars and corn and limp biscuit and papa road that became that new metal and that was the new metal. And that's how it all changed again. And it goes into the rock, you know, rock started coming back again, you know? So it's all ebbs and it's all ebbs and flows and it comes in waves and stuff, but they were just, um, they were the band that was the chosen one. They were the voice of the generation. Uh, a lot of people hate when I say that they're like, how can you listen to hair metal when you listen to Nirvana? I just love music. And I understand when, when that came out, it was needed. I can look back now and realize like there was a lot of shit. There was a lot of shit music back then. Back, back could still listen to Hot Shape Box. It's sure. still a great song to me. Sure. I mean, you know, um, even and even though Team Spirit has been played a million times, it's still a great song. And Rate Me is still a great song. And Lake of Fire Team is still Spirit a great is song. It's exactly like uh Enter Sandman. It's like Sweet Child of Mine. It's like right. Song of Prayer. It's like, you know, it's a signature song. It's their signature song. It's the one that even your grandmother has heard at one point. It's the one that's always going to be on the on the classic rock countdowns. You know, it's all that. It's all that bullshit. But is it their best song? No. Is it their most important song? One thousand percent. Is it the song of the generation? A thousand percent. On that note, on that, Adam, you're a big uh, Nirvana fan, yes? Yeah. And do you agree with Sean that this is a song of a generation or is he just making um, noise? No, I mean, absolutely. I th- I completely agree. Um, and I'm, I'm 46. So I'm just right around Sean's age. And it really, I mean, smells like teen spirit just changed everything. It changed pop culture. It changed. I mean, it, it's there, there's um, you know, just like Sean said, there's very few songs that had the same power that smells like teen spirit had. It, it it is a a hard song, but it has pop elements in it. Um, I think when you look at grunge, okay, would you say a song like Black is a better song? It's a totally different song. It's a different yeah. vibe. 
Has, Black is a great song. Pearl Jam's debut record is one of my favorite debut records of all time. I'll that t- a lie, records, Jeremy. I'll take their first three records up against any band's first three records. Like that's how I, I love their first three albums so much. But it's on a different level than Nirvana. It's completely different. I mean, yeah, same scene, but it's very different. They're more, they're a way better musically talented band than Nirvana ever was. And when and when do you put Soundgarden in here? Soundgarden for me was not really a, a grunge band. I don't I, I don't consider Soundgarden and Alice in Chains grunge bands. I always consider them metal bands because they just got lumped into that category because of the location where they were from. Uh, Alice in Chains is a metal band to me. They're not are they a metal band. Adam, are they a metal band? Alice in Chains? Yes. Or I don't know. Oh. I don't know how. To, I don't know if. See, I don't know if you, you even put them in in a in a category like a song like Wood, which is to me a great song. Man in the Box, which has a, a phenomenal riff. If it's metal, are you putting them in? Like, would you be able to play them uh, on on a set list with Judas Priest and Queensrÿche? You know, you've never seen my phone. Of course you could put it on a freaking playlist with that. They're a metal band. They're 100% a metal band. They are not a grunge band. What oh, do you think, fight, Adam? Fight that to the death. Oh, it's been a while since I've listened to Alice in Chains. I'd have to I'd have to go back and uh and check them out again. Um Yeah, yeah try and try and try and take the shaky leg off your fucking record player and put on some real music. <laughs> some wet leg. <laughs> shaky leg. <laughs> it's so stupid. Uh, yeah, Nirvana again. It's a you know you would have liked to have seen what they would have evolved into. You would have liked to have seen them, you know if they could have put out three more albums. Wouldn't have happened. Yeah, what would have no not have happened. Nope, absolutely not. He would have. I think this would have happened no matter what. I think they were meant to be put on this earth to put out the records they were meant to do. You see, it's anything about John Lennon. What kind of music would John Lennon have done, right? You don't know. You don't know because look at people like Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan was one of the most influential artists of the 60s and 70s. Has he put out one decent thing since the 70s? Absolutely not. He's put out garbage for the last 30 years. Time Out of Mind. That was pretty good. 1999? No, you're wrong. It's a horrible, it's a horrible album. There's nothing that he's ever put out since, since, the fucking 70s that, that mean anything you know i don't I, I think you can't look at that stuff even the doors look at you know janice joplin hendrix all these people who died at 27 years old are they as popular because they died so young that's another question are are, are they put on a different i think i, I think nirvana becomes more immortalized because he died so young. I think so too. I mean, personally, I'm not a huge Doors fan. I think they're an overrated band. Are they as popular because they because he died at 27? I don't know. So Kurt Cobain 27 years old when he died. Correct. Okay. And he had accomplished and become such a, a you know an important songwriter for his time in in in, in, in a relatively short amount of time. So would so if he would if he was still if he didn't kill himself and still would have been alive it would have been interesting to see what direction he would have gone into next. I just think that I think we would not be having this podcast because I think Nirvana would have kind of faded away a little bit. 
I think that he would have put out stuff that he would have done weird shit. Like, like, all right, you like would uh, they be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I don't know. I probably still because of Teen Spirit, I would imagine that would still propel them in. I look at a band like Outkast. Do you like them? Uh, you know, it's okay. They're a great, they're a great hip hop band, right? And they put out that amazing Speaker Box Love album that was a double record. It was fucking off the chains. It finally blew them up, and then they break up, right? So now this is twenty years later. All of a sudden, you're finally hearing Andre Three Thousand is putting out a record. The music world goes ape shit, right? First record in twenty years, and what is it? It's an instrumental flute record. That's what I can see fucking Cobain doing, doing some sort of weird avant-garde, stupid shit like that. I don't think he would have ever played Teen Spirit ever again. I think he would have never heard that song live ever again if he kept if he was still alive and still playing. You think In Utero would have been that last album? I think it would have been the last yeah. album. Whatever happened to Chris Novacelli? He still plays. He's an activist. You know, he does a lot of stuff for the environment, and he's living off Nirvana money for the rest of his life. Whatever happened to a drummer though? Nobody ever talks about him. Yeah, oh, shut up. You're so you're, <laughs> you're so fucking corny and predictable. God damn it. Um, no, but he and again, but, the world would have been robbed of probably the greatest rock band of the last 25 years had Nirvana stuck around. But, but Chris isn't in any permanent bands no. or anything. No, nothing permanent. Kind of interesting that you had that kind of level of success and never decided to pursue it again. Some people just get burnt out. It's better to burn out than to fade away. Oh, that's so deep, man. That's so deep. You know, it's like, what's his name? Uh, John Deacon, uh, the bass player in Queen. Mm-hmm. Um, after they played that tribute concert, he was like, that's it. Well, Bill Wyman was the same way, too. They walked away. He he stepped away after uh, Steel Wheels. Yeah, I mean, he had a nice little yeah. 15-year-old wife to come home to, and he was happy. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, again, Nirvana wasn't a band that I totally got into. Um, I liked two records off of them that, that I, for, for the most part, um, didn't never really overplayed them. Although Smells Like Teen Spirit was the one that really caught my attention. And it was mostly because of the video too. Video was great, but yeah, for me it was. I love Teen Spirit and I love Nevermind. But once Neutro came out, I can remember leaving school. I had a double lunch period and running to the mall to pick up a Neutro, and making it back to school just in time. That way, I can listen to it on the way home from school that day. At the time, I was kind of going with this girl, and she worked on Saturday Night Live, and she was able to get us tickets to see them at Roseland because uh got that show. Yeah, because they were about to do Saturday Night Live, which she yep. invited me to. Uh Charles Barkley, I believe, hosted mm-hmm. that show. Um, but we went to go see them on they were coming into New York. I think we went to go see them on a Sunday night and then they were they were rehearsing all week to do uh SNL. But I remember seeing them and it's the first time I saw them with Pat Smears in the band. Mm-hmm. Um they they were good. They were good live. It was, it was like their last time really in New York. And I I saw Foo Fighters when they opened for the Stones because I was working the tour. I saw the Foo Fighters play William Patterson College a month after their debut record was released in the gymnasium of William Patterson University. 
and, and now the plane stadium. And I've seen them at MetLife, and I've seen them at Fenway Park, and I've seen them at City Field and uh, RFK Stadium in, in Washington, D.C. I've seen them all over the country. It's amazing. Adam, you like Foo Fighters? <clears throat> of course. I actually have yeah. their... Uh, Are they one of those bands you have to say you like? I think that they're a band that crosses a lot of, uh, checks a lot of boxes for a lot of people. I think if you're a rock guy, you you think that they're a great rock band. If you're into grunge, obviously they have the Nirvana connection. I think that they're a radio friendly band, so you're going to have a lot more uh, casual listeners knowing some of their songs. I think my bro my brother loves them. Um, I th I think they're good. I don't put them at the level of Guns N' Roses. I don't put them at a, the level of Metallica. I don't see them at like that. I think that they're as big of than Guns N' Roses at this point. Yeah, and and then I'm a I'm a GNR fanatic, and I would have to say the Foo Fighters are on that level already. I don't know. I I don't know why. I just don't connect with. I mean, I know I, I like Dave Grohl. Um, I like you know what what he does. You know for, for rock music. And keeping this music kind of like in the public eye, you know, Nirvana and um, Foo Fighters seems to be one of those bands like on an award show or something when they need a rock act, they're the go-to band. They should be the next Super Bowl halftime show, right? Right, they should be, but they're not doing that anymore. They're they're doing garbage music during the halftime shows now. Exactly, I I think you know the next one should be ACDC. Um, I think that would be excellent, but I, I don't know. I just, there's just, I never connected with, with Foo Fighters or Nirvana. I think they're good, but I, I mean, I it just, they just never got me. I'm telling you right now, I make the jokes all the time. This is not a joke. This is not a slam. This is just a pure fact. It is the age difference. Maybe. It is. It, just, it purely is. That's all it is. You're not going to find a 60-year-old or a 70 or an 80-year-old fucking dude who's fucking saying, oh, my God, yeah, they changed my life, that Nirvana. No, that never but, happened. See, I like Jam better than Nirvana. Because I you love, like the music. That's the difference. I like um, Rage Against the Machine more than Nirvana. Who officially broke up for the third time again this week. Yes, yeah, so that, yeah, they're not going to play again. Good. It's okay. mm -hmm. they, they have become the machine. Right, exactly. Yeah, they really have. Um, all right, uh, that's about it, man. I think I think we, I think we've we've kind of uh, covered uh, Nirvana and we we, we covered Nirvana. Nirvana, no question. Okay, we 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 did them justice here. All right, Adam, anything you want to add before we close this thing out? Um, no, I think uh, I mean it's a it's a tough list to come up with five for you know maybe a lot easier to come up with 10 or 15 or so for for nirvana but uh um, this would have been harder for me to come up 10 would have been a top 10 would have been just as hard for me yeah i, I mean i was thinking of I, I was thinking of songs like um um francis farmer will have a revenge on uh, oh. uh seattle and come back as fire and burn all the liars yeah Oh, come on. Wait, Adam, give us a couple of songs that you may have put on that that aren't on. You know he's going to yeah. go super. He's going to he's going to be listen, I found a demo, okay? You know, I was I was, I was cleaning out my answer <laughs> and she just had to have this this Nirvana demo. And so I really like the, the you know the song that they they did with uh, Lead Belly. Um <laughs> All what, right. So a couple yeah, good. A couple right, of um, songs. I probably would put Francis Farmer on there. I might have gone with "You Know You're Right," um, just because that one was not overplayed. Um, just you know, the 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 later Nirvana song. 
Um, probably on a plane. Uh, let me see what some other ones. Um, I do like Serve the Servants. And uh, I mean, Sean already said the opening line, which is one of the greatest opening lines of an album. Um, let me see what other hard, ones. It's, it's a hard fucking list. Of, if you're art, yeah. pick 10 Nirvana songs is almost impossible. I just went with the top five. I could have I could have done top 20. But oh, yeah, like easily, yeah. easily. Um, oh, aneurysm, aneurysm. I nobody had that on their list. And uh, I think really the version from uh, uh, the Money Banks of Wishka is an incredible, incredible song. Yeah, that's a great record. That's on my that's on my holy grail list of records to find. That's very expensive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. This was fun. It was. It was, it was interesting. It was great uh, catching up for uh, First episode of 2024. It'll probably air sometime. Uh, Fucking May. By, yeah, by New Year's. <laughs> okay. So we got, there's a couple, I don't even know what came before this, but uh, they'll be out and um, we'll catch you guys next week. Uh, ne yeah, next week I'll be coming back from Ohio. So hopefully I'll be back in time to, to do it. But we'll, uh, we'll, we have more episodes. It's going to be a good 2024. All right, guys. So too. Yes. Have, have a happy Later. and healthy, and we'll see everybody real soon. Take care, everyone.